Some episodes might not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of D&D RPG. Roll initiative. The adventure continues as the party's ship sails clear of the Blazing Isles, leaving the pursuit of Blackrift behind as they sail toward the legendary isle, Giant Spur. This adventure takes the characters on a daring ascent up that immense and mysterious monolith, its highest reaches obscured by distant clouds. Pilgrims soaked in brine regularly flock to the remote wonder, making the treacherous climb to pay homage to those they have lost. Relics from bygone eras stand alongside more recent additions, their greatest secrets lost in the midst of history. Who would build such a structure, and what purpose did it serve? As time marches forward, the spire persists, its old denizens perish, new residents move in, and each adds to the Spurs' story before they, too, are consumed by history. Depending on the teller, the legends of the spire varies wildly. Giant Spur holds secrets and treasures, but the risks always walk in hand in hand with the rewards. General terms for any type of game you're playing. You, you have a tank, you have a DPS, you have a support. I have support better... consists of your healers and buffers. DPS is your, just your damage people, that, that's what they focus on. Or tank is your guy who gets up in front and goes, hit me, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I think I better tank. And I'm tank. a meat shield. Yeah, I think okay. I, better, I'm, I better tank. So. Or, or, I guess maybe a better way for you is uh, meat shield, mm-hmm. glass cannon, Healer. Yeah. <laughs> you love that phrase. Me too. That, that's, I mean, that's that's what a tank gets considered as. Like, you, you ask anyone, they're like, well, how do you define a tank? Meat, Meat shield. shield. And, but glass cannon makes it sound like you can pack a punch, but you can't take a hit. Most DPS can't. Exactly. They have lower hit points. So yeah, it they, doesn't take a whole lot for them to go boop. So that's why they're like, oh, okay. boom. And then it's... As an as the NPC, the uh, spirit elemental, at any given time, only spends time down below deck mm-hmm. because of the high winds up on the main deck, and the spirit element elemental knows that if it gets caught by the wind, it's, it's going to just and be killed. Oh, that's horrible. Now, nine times out of ten, he's in his little housing. Sure. Yeah. Unless you guys have some sort of a container that he can slide into while you're carrying him. Because that's the only way he can be alive and preserved. He can only be out in the open air for 20 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's doing. He's going into his housing, hangs out in there for a little while, and then he comes out and he explores. Curious mind. That's cute. Gets close to 20 minutes, goes back into the housing again. That's um, so cute. I love him. Where is is everybody at? I assume Mercer's still up in the crow's nest. Yep. Um, Esther, the dragonborn Esther, Mm -hmm. is at the bow, feeling the spray as it slashes through the water. 
Okay, where is Celine at? She's probably down below. Below deck? Yeah, for the most part. Is she like, seasick? No, she just tends to... Where below deck? Uh, she will be... Um, probably at the desk for right now. Right here? Yeah. Okay, I'll just sit her right there. Better. And where is Zabak at? Zabak will be at the helm. Uh, no, Hal's always H- hanging out with Hal. Okay. So we'll set her. We'll set her right next to Hal. I'd like to think they're becoming friends. Hal's on the helm. Don't you agree? Sure. Sweet. It's canon. So back in Hal are buddies. So, first day being on the water. Oh, mm-hmm. you guys now have crew members. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you those guys, guys we rescued. Prisoners. They're not prisoners. They were prisoners. Oh, you okay. Guys yeah, I was gonna say them. we didn't take them prisoner. We freed them. So on the first day, after you guys had gotten away from the blazing aisles and everything, bye. Um, I'm assuming your guys' characters being exhausted and beat beyond belief. Yeah, we're gonna let. It was one of those. Once we ship. get to the boat, we can actually have a good night's sleep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you guys slept, like, longer than a long rest slept. During that time, Hal had enough to go off of that he was able to teach these guys how to work on a ship, same as he taught you guys when you were first on a boat. Now, while the understanding is that you guys are the ones who own the boat, technically you don't have to do anything, but you know it's just good etiquette to try to be part of the crew by helping out. Plus, it's kind of a big boat, and we need all hands right simultaneously um there's still the agreement that while you guys are in charge of the boat when it's sailing and stuff hal assumes to kind of be the one to take the leadership role well yeah (coughs) we tell him where to go and we just trust that he knows how to get us there exactly and he's at this point i would think it's safe to say especially since mercer was the one who did it He's, Hal's proven himself to be a loyal friend and ally. I mean, mm-hmm. he stepped over Mercer's almost dead body to keep him safe, and Mercer yeah. carved him a heavy crossbow like, here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so the first day, you guys are pretty much resting and relaxing. The crew is taking on, taking on the ship. On the second day, you guys wake up, and... Uh, crews on the ship doing their whole thing everybody gets where they're at right now on the boat doing whatever mm-hmm. Mercer being up in the crow's nest needs to give me a perception check mm-hmm. uh, it's a natural 20 plus jeez what is it with you in 20s my gosh <laughs> that's not fair man I, I, everyone's in a blue moon all in 20s it, it's always the rule of thumb the least important roles are the ones you always get the 20s on. Mm-hmm. When it's Turn really up. important to try to get a 20, though. Turning out them good rolls. Two, three. Yeah, 21 total. You know, <laughs> a plus one. Dang. So, off in the distance, ahead, dead ahead in the direction you guys are sailing, Mercer notices a very large area of water that's just darker oh. than the rest of the water around it. Now, you know that that means one of three things creature under the water. There's either a creature under the water, there's several small creatures under the water, or there's something nasty and magical going on. 
I yell down at Hal, mm -hmm. and I say, Large dark spot under the water. Dead ahead. Is it magical? Detect magic. You don't sense anything. No. Is it moving or is it stationary? Does it look like it's moving out of my... Nope, looks like it's stationary. He immediately goes, Men, grab the nets. We got one shot at this. Port side. And he starts to turn the helm and everything. <clears throat> and he, he... Everybody, doesn't matter where you're at on the boat, everybody hears him yell this. So the crew members all grab two to a net. And it's like that kind of net that... I don't know if you guys have seen it. But it's a round-sized net. Yeah. The outer the edge has weights and it has a yeah. ring in the middle. And there's a strings from the weights that come into that. Yeah. So when you throw it out, you pull on that rope and it, it like bags its way into exactly. the center. Yeah. And they so they all hit up here to the front, the middle. And Esther's helping. Is Esther going to? Okay. Yeah, Esther's so helping. So the four of you can grab your own sets of nets if you're all going to help as yeah, well. Yeah, let's do it, man. The back run, you know, gallops down. Mercer and like Celine is like, I got no strength. There's not, I'm not gonna be able to hold this net. And Mercer's like, I'm chilling in the crow's nest. So the first thing he do, Hal does then, is he turns to the back and goes, out of the all four of you guys, you are the strongest. I need I... you to open up the crossed hatch down at the front, and he's pointing right here at this section. Now you know that those just, the grill on those things just, you pick it up and you can slide to the side and it's got its own hold that's nailed into the ceiling of the main deck, but down below. Yeah. So you can use that as a prisoner's hold, you can use that for cargo space. Kind of, but it's just, it's an open space and the only way in or out is through the grill on top. Right. So she goes down to open that up. I need I need one, maybe two strength checks. And you can have advantage on this. Oh, thank God. Oh, not much better. Which one was the higher one? The second one. What'd you roll? Mm, I rolled a nine. No. Uh, Eleven. Eleven? Yeah. Okay, that's enough to get the first half off, so I need a second strength check at advantage. Okay. Nat 20. Nat 20. She gets the second half off, no problem. As soon as the ship comes upside, mm -hmm. one by one as they get closer, everybody throws their nets over. Right? And these guys are getting to the point where they're like right up here. Mm -hmm. So there's like this weird unison thing going. So the first group throws their net out, starts hauling it in, and all of a sudden you see tons of tuna fish <gasps> in these nets. Tuna! Tuna! So it's like a circle. First group grabs their net, goes over to the hold, dumps it out. Second crew does theirs. And as they get done dumping it, they go to the back of the line of where these guys are at. And they keep doing this as the ship goes past it. I have a question. What's up? Um, we're in like kind of a tropical area, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the ice that we're going to be putting these fish on? You won't be. How good? How oh. then looks oh at God, Esther and says, "Sorcerers!" No. At that point, How goes, Esther. I need you to grab one of the barrels of salt from downstairs. All right. And she. 
Oh, is it back or Esther? Esther. Is it back? Uh, okay. Well, and Esther is getting the salt. Zabak is pulling the grill off of the hold. Okay. So back in that time, meat was preserved in salt. I, I understand that. Yeah. Okay. I'm just thinking logistics here. There's got to be an absolute crap ton of salt down there. Yeah. Okay, so like half of that hold is salt? With this? Yeah. No. No, the salt's gonna be down here where these barrels and crates are at, or like where these sacks would be at here. One of the empty spaces, or like these six barrels are at right here. But like, that's, but there's, a, that, that, that's, a, that's a lot of fish. Yeah. And there's one like barrel, 10 of us. One barrel of salt, because this is D&D and not real life, one barrel of salt is enough to preserve a hundred pounds of fish for up to a week. After that, you have to apply oh. another barrel of salt to keep them preserved. Okay. Simultaneously, that's fish. Okay, okay. You guys have a very large crew. I just, I just, I don't want it to come to, you've started to smell the fish rotting in the hold. No, I mean, it's a lot of fish. You have a big crew. What do you think is going to start happening to the all right, fish? All right, all right. <laughs> I, I understand. I'm thinking way too hard about I, this. I thought way ahead of this, so I already had this all planned out. I know you do. Okay. And I'm thinking, <laughs> the fish is going to rot! <laughs> okay. Now, that being said, you guys get upwards of 60 pounds worth of tuna before you go past this dark spot in the ocean. Holy crap. That is enough for the current number of people in your crew. That is enough to feed your crew for two and a half weeks. <clears throat> wow. And that okay. doesn't, and that, in, that's part of the included supplies that you guys have from other trades and such that you've done up to this point. So you might have, I don't know, hard boiled eggs or pickles or something Century else. eggs. <laughs> But the point is, you guys have food for a while. Okay, cool. Alternatively, if you have enough that you think you're, you're able to, you'd also be able to take the opportunity to potentially trade some of that when yeah. you get the chance for other stuff. Perhaps we'll run into a friendly merchant that we've met before. I don't know, maybe. Ooh. You and that merchant. I know, we like bonding. Are you talking about the guy that had the rod? Yes. Of <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I was saying. You and that merchant. <laughs> we bonded. Well, I mean, he basically did something that made everybody go, oh, you're awesome. Yeah, we're like, I'm a, a fan. I want the man's autograph. Except for Mercer. He Mercer. just walked off. Mercer got a bomb out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, other than the bomb, it's like, eh, okay. And Goodbye. He, 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 like, constantly walked off because he had no money. <laughs> um, you've been keeping track of everything you guys have collected up to this point, right? Okay, so you know you have so. quite a few value, valuable things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's... let's so that's the second day. Third day, it's just clear sailing. On the fourth Woo! day, um, <laughs> Magnus uh, knocks on the main mast where the crow's nest is at and looks up at Mercer and goes, Can you come down here? I want to talk to you about something. Yep, I'm away. 
So you climb on down. And Magnus kind of leans in and he goes, you know, prior to your guys, our visit to the Blazing Isles, it kind of made sense to have a second set of hands on board, which is why I inhabited this guy's body. Mm-hmm. Plus he was kind of acting like a threat at the time. He wants out. You guys have a crew now. Do you really still need him? His body? Absolutely not. You can go, you can go stand it on the bow. Okay, just for my own curiosity, what are you planning to do? I'm going to punt him right in the butt and knock him off into the water for chum. At the bow or at the back of the boat? The bow, because he goes over (laughs) underneath the bottom of the boat. (laughs) Sort of keel, man. Uh, This is kind of massacring, isn't it? That's just heinous. was a bunch of choice words we'll leave out at the moment. (laughs) He gets his just dessert. And if you don't want to inhabit that meat that meat sack any longer, I know right where it's going. Okay, okay. Can Esther always <laughs> back here in this exchange? If you guys are there. I mean, I, we're just on deck. Well, I, on the fourth day, heck, I don't know. You guys could be downstairs in the hold taking a oh. nap. You guys could be on deck. Well... I mean, and he's kind of like whispering this. So. Do me a percentile. See if either of us notice... Noticed them talking and it's like kind of spying or whatever. Okay, so basically here's what it's going to end up coming down to. Assuming Mercer is trying to stay quiet while he's talking to Magnus. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm going to say stealth for whispering along with him. And then... Natural 20. Well... Natural 20. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. We both rolled 20. Well, re-roll. My stealth is a plus three. So, 23. His is based off the thug, so it's going to be a straight roll. No, it's at a plus one, so 21. I beat him. No, 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 no. This is you and Magnus. Oh. Whisper. Got it. Okay. So, if Zabak or Esther are going to try to listen in, it's got to be perception checks that beat a 21 or a 23. They're oblivious. Okay. He goes, all right. Well, in that case... Clicks and pulls the hook off of Catapult's hand and goes, this should probably stay part of the ship in some capacity. I'm going to take it, put it in my bag. I kind of feel like Esther in the back with protest to just straight up murking this guy. He's already dead. He's already dead. He's been dead. Catapult's not dead. Oh. Yeah, no, he's not dead. He's possessed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, no, he's totally going off the end at the front of the boat. Just, I'm punting. I feel like that's wrong. And he goes, who would you say most likely deserves this guy's saber? Hal. Hal? Okay. So he walks up to the helm with the one good hand he has, takes the belt off, grabs the helm, and he says, put this on. We're, we're, we're getting rid of this guy, so you take the sword. I'm like... I'm a conscientious objector to the straight-up murder of this poor cat boy. <laughs> so Hal puts the sword on and everything, and he's like, are we losing you or something? He goes, no, 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 I'm probably going to repossess Mercer and be along for the ride, but I'm, we're not going to have the tabaxi with us anymore. Oh. Okay, I'm just going to keep my eyes up and pay attention to the horizon then. Um... 
but, but whatever. This is wrong! And so he walks up and he stands right here on the bow of the ship, trying to keep his balance. Put Mercer right up here. Not to be mad or anything, but Esther and Zabak are not okay with this. I don't care. <laughs> Just add it into the role play. Damn. Mercer Mercer is not happy with this cat dude, so and what he's cost him, so <gasps> I'll go for a roll to hit and everything. I'll even give you advantage because he's letting it happen. Uh, 18 on the roll itself, so with uh, an unarmed strike. Yeah, it's gonna be a 19. So oh, more than enough. Spartan kick him right off the bow, right off the bow of the boat. Oh my god, guys! And in slow motion, so for a visual effect here, you see Mercer front kick, like you said, Spartan kick. Spartan. You see the the Tabaxi body fly off the boat, but still standing there is Magnus's ghost body. So it's almost like the spirit separated right down the point of impact. Nice. So now, question for you. Okay. Does Mr. Hook uh, regain consciousness as he falls? Oh, that was horrible. Dude, that's so uh, messed up. <laughs> Mercer's not happy with this dude. You mean evens or odds? Evens. We don't know the 22, circum- yes. <laughs> Double birdies. <laughs> oh my god. It's so messed up. That's sociopathic, man. And you you hear it as he hits the water. Splash. Oh my god. Esther. <laughs> so this is what happens. So you, so after that first thump thump, Mercer's like... <laughs> Climbs back up into the crow's nest. <laughs> and then for, for, for probably about a minute or so, you just hear this light cackle on the wind occasionally. Esther comes running up from below decks. Guys, I think we hit something! Mercer, anybody... Mercer just sits there. with Like, he grabs his little, uh, you know, he probably has a stein or something he's stashed up now, and he's just like... <laughs> what are you doing? And with that... Uh, Magnus floats his way back up to the crow's nest and goes, so can I... Absolutely. And he repossesses your body. What the... Wait, Esther just saw all that, right? Yeah, Esther and Zabak never knew about... They they knew that... um, Technically, they knew about Magnus and the ghost thing because um, they were there when Magnus left Mercer's body and possessed one of the crew guys that was trying to steal the ship at the beginning. And did he ever explain that to us? Since we saw that happen. No, but then again, you guys haven't role-played it like it was of any surprise to you, so... Oh, wow. Technically, in a way, it was kind of explained, because afterwards, when Magnus had already possessed Catapult's mm. body, he said, you know, this kind of makes more sense, because now you have two hands that can work the ship while you guys are off the ship at any given time. And if we ever reach a point where we don't need this guy anymore, and that's where Mercer said, yeah, he's going to be dead one way or another. Mm, so, okay. So Esther's like... In a, <gasps> in a pseudo, not, sorta, not so direct sort of way, it was explained. Okay, so Esther, after seeing that, knows that that was probably that poor backseat. You actually, and at this point, mm-hmm. I've probably gathered some, like small pieces of wood and because I am a woodworker 
I have wood carving. I have fashioned myself like a little stool. So like I am like sitting like back on the pole with my feet up on the crow's nest with you know my, my cup just You've killed that I'm man. Gonna, I'm actually gonna say no. Because at the top of the crow's nest your balance is key to staying in the crow's nest. Yeah, the, the crow's ship, the ship can tilt slightly. The mast is gonna sway correct, back correct. and but, forth. But take take in consideration though, crow's nest for a normal human is waist high. Mercer's only three two. So it's like right. So face. his head would just be over the banister of that crow's nest. Yeah, exactly. So but my he point is, that he's sitting on a stool with his feet. Rope, built-in seatbelt, my friend. Bam. <laughs> Mercer has made this little crow's nest his hole. I, I get that. I'm just I'm seeing like the ship make a hard turn, and all of a sudden I go. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> probably at some point that will happen. But for the moment, like I said, literally, he's I just like. So. <laughs> so Esther yells up at him, "You killed that man!" You get no response. <laughs> That's not okay. That's like rude, man. Still no response. Hal looks up and he goes, "You realize that he put together a crew and tried to steal the ship." while we were trying to board the ship to set sail, right? Yeah, that doesn't mean we get to be judge, jury, and executioner, man. That's what he was going to be had he successfully stole the ship. Well... Him and his crew flat out attacked all of us. Well, okay. Fine. She stomps back down below deck. Sit back! You won't believe what has just happened! Yeah, you're not being quiet. Celine probably hears you. And she just kind of like... Goes back to reading whatever she's reading at the desk. Who killed that man? Alright. On the fifth day... On the fifth day, you guys... um, Mercer being up in the crow's nest catches sight of a miraculous island. And the party starts to... uh, Oh, that... I'm sorry. Yeah, you catch sight of a miraculous island. Um, Mercer sees it, and anybody else that's on the main deck also sees it. An interesting-looking totem sticking up out of the water, jutting from the waves in the shape of a red dragon's head, and it's 20 feet tall. If anybody who is on the main deck wants to, you can give me a history check to identify it. Okay. <clears throat> All right, girls. Oh, well. Would this be in relation to a magical item, alchemical nope. object, or technological device? Nope. All right. Oh, my God. Ten. Esther's dumber than a box of rocks. Is that just for Mercer? Selene's still below deck? Yes, yeah. Okay. So she'll, pretty much, she'll pretty much always be down below deck. Mercer, no. What did Zabak and Esther get? Uh, Zabak got a 16. Esther got an 8. Okay, Esther, no. Zabak, <gasps> yes. Zabak did get it. Okay. She recognizes this as a nautical signpost that you have entered dragon territory. Uh-oh. We knew we were going to be going into dragon territory. Correct. Okay. After noticing the totem, 
Mercer then starts to notice several ships in the water ahead around that island. But... Port ahead! Not a port, just a bunch of ships docked. Well, he assumes it's a port. I don't like this. And then you also start to notice little spots of stone that's covered in moss and herb droppings. Ew. And you guys, at this point, you, Mercer, would know you guys have reached the Trader Shoals just outside of the giant spur. Mm. He really quickly rummages in his bag. He's just like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, the map. Mm-hmm. Ooh. The map. Funding. At this point, <laughs> at this point, Al, Al uh, yells out, Trader Shoals dead ahead. All right. And he starts calling out different uh, commands for, like, rolling up the sails, yeah. getting ready to set anchor and everything. And as he's... As he's bringing the ship in closer, you start to see other boats. Almost all of them that... Well, not... Yeah, almost all of them that you see are just various other types of ships. If you can think of it, it's probably here. You know that the Trader's Shoals is kind of like Greyhaven, a jewel for trading. But Greyhaven is a trading place that abides by certain laws. Out here on the open sea... Anything can be up for trade. Even people. <gasps> and like I said, any type of a ship you can think of, whether it's an ironclad battleship, an oriental style ship, um, there's ships based off of various races like elf, dwarf, dragonborn. Viking. Um, the, the Viking style <laughs> ship. Oh, okay. You see it, you think of it. One ship really catches everybody's attention, and that is a ship that is floating in the air, but has an anchor down to the water. Four anchors, in fact, chained into the water. So how gets to the point where he he gets the sails completely rolled up, the crew members roll up the sails, he tells them to drop the anchor, calls to the four of you guys and says, this is about as far as I can bring her in. If you guys want to hit the shoals, you're going to need to take a longboat out to one of the shoals. You'll want to dock it somewhere that's not really occupied and plant a ship's flag there. So then that way people know that that place is claimed and it's yeah. not just a free boat. Got it. Um, the other okay. thing you guys need to know is there's a few rules out here. They're simple, but... They both apply to you for your benefit and for the benefit of others. First and foremost, be respectful. You're going to run into a lot of different types of people. No kicking people in the shins. Mercer. Just saying. Mercer just kind of gives him that stare of like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Everybody (laughs) considers each other friends out here, even if they're the complete opposite of you. There's that respect of... You're either going to get along or you're not. Just let it happen. Let it pass. Just, yep. And last but not least, try to go for a fair trade. Because if you don't, I guarantee you half these ships are going to be all over us like that. Yikes. Got it. Um, that being said, <clears throat> he uh, grabs one, opens up the trunk, 
back here. Mm -hmm. Pulls a small little flag out. It's about four feet long. And it's a smaller flag that's the same as the main flag you guys have at the top mast. He goes, make sure to plant that with the longboat. Um, is there any objection to me trying to do any sort of trade sales with the rest of the tuna that we have? I don't see why not. I, I'll save. I, we're probably going to do some more fishing, but... You know it's... You, you, you do the sea stuff more than us. We take your expertise into... Uh, consideration so you know what to do I trust you with it okay the other thing all four of you notice is occasionally you'll see a boat with a black oar tied to the mast occasionally Weird. the one thing you really notice on almost every ship is a red flag that's flying just below the main flag of each individual ship so what's the red flag for Hal uh, so this, you guys saw the totem back there, right? You know we're in dragon territory. Lux is considered the queen dragon of the Great Sea. Mm -hmm. If it's part of the Great Sea, she considers it part of her domain. She is a, I don't know what, what age level of dragon she is, but she is a very powerful red dragon. And she created what's called the dragon coin. It's a series of trade routes that go all over the Great Sea. Coin? That's what they call it, the Dragon's Coin. Okay. Basically, you pay hmm. some amount of gold as a, a due of respect to her. And in turn, she gives you one of those red flags. As long as you're sailing on the Dragon's Coin, you have protection by her, her whole... <clears throat> so... While he's saying that, mm -hmm. um, once he finishes, I go, okay, so give me a rough size of of her. Like, what's her size? And then that's a 25 history to rough guess based off his the size of our boat, two times the size of our boat. I've not seen her, but the way she's been described to me, I would say take about six of our ships and you've got about half her size. Okay, so then with that, like again, with that history check of just knowledge and whatnot, I can roughly assume that she's... Either an adult or, um, oh no, she's way past an adult, or she's an elder. Ancient. Yeah. But yeah, so rough, rough guessing. Okay. Right. Very big, very powerful. Holy freaking crap! Watch your back. Yikes. Yeah, she's one we don't want to anger. Last but not least, the shoals are kind of treated like a, um, kind of like makeshift docks. They don't look great, but you could easily travel amongst a lot of different boats here. Well, I say let's do some first, let's do our trading, let's get that out of the way. Okay. And then, um... So, here's what I can tell you out of game, right off the bat. Um, as far as trading goods go... If it's in the player's handbook on page 150, yes, you have a place that you can find to do trading for it. Um, anything that's considered common magical items, um, you have a 50-50 chance of being able to find. The rarer you go from there, there's a smaller chance, smaller percent chance you can find it. There's still a chance, it's just more difficult. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I want to do... 
I want to get because I got a lot of trading that I want to get done and taken care of out of the way first. Right. And you know, wheel and deal. What do you want to start with? So first and foremost, I want to. So all the equipment and stuff we have, I want to offload that. You don't want to save any of it for like the crew members or anything? The crew members are already equipped. Those those guys we got, we fully geared them beforehand. Yeah, that's right. You did do that. I remember that. Okay. So, do you have that list? Mm hmm. I shall hand it to you now, my friend. It's pretty good. Sticky. There you go. I hope that's the right list, because <laughs> that's what that, that matches the description. The potions we keep, I'm not getting rid of that, or the, the apothecary satchel, or the healer kit. So, three sabers, two uh, large crossbows with, uh, with quivers, three maces, Actually, I guess that's five large crossbows. Um, well, you guys saved two of them because you carved the one. That this is this is outside of the ones I've already marked off for that. We've not been to a shop in like three and a half sessions. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, I knew that. So I got a, I got a lot of stuff. The only time I remember heavy crossbows was when Killian's crew attacked. We got them from there, and then we got them later on. Because uh, we, we fought some more black hands later on. Because uh -huh. I, I, I have a total of... That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. I remember that. Yeah, so I got I got five heavy crossbows. You keep calling them black hands. They're black rift. Black rift. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we clearly know that I'm not very good with names. <laughs> Talent. <laughs> ah! So... I will carve your eye out with a spoon. So, three maces, three sabers, five heavy crossbows. Yeah. Uh, 16 throwing axes. Um, You're not going to save any of the throwing axes? No. I got I got better things that I want in place of those. And three shields. Okay. Did any of the throwing axes stay with one of the crew members? No. Okay, so what weapon did you Because you did give, like, four throwing axes, and that was his main weapon. That was from a different fight. This was, these were, again, these were the second set that I got a whole bunch of throwing axes from. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because at each fight, I list them, and then I jot down later on. I don't add to that list, so these are... Oh, so you're keeping these lists yeah, separate. Yeah, these are... Gotcha. Okay. Some of the stuff I'm still trying to... I have to go back and listen to the uh, podcast again to remember. Anyway. Okay, so anything armor or weapon related, almost immediately you find a dwarven vessel that you can't tell if their ship is made out of steel and iron or if it's made out of wood or a mix of the two. But you can tell that they're straight up blacksmiths, armorsmiths, weaponsmiths. And based off the condition of the ship, it looks like they've been here for a while, just working up their sail, mm -hmm. their, their, their sail. Yeah, their sails. Merchant trading sails. 
here for a while. Okay. And just like any other trade, they will offer you in coin or in other weapons and armor of the like at half value of whatever it is. That so it we'll go half value for now. Um, you said these are old. Uh, ooh, no. Never mind. Uh, so I'm going to do that first. Okay, you want me to pull the list up so you can see how much you get out of everything? I mean, I can go back and do that myself if you want. Well, I, I don't want to hinder you from the rest of the trades that you want to do. Yeah, heaven help us if he's hindered. I mean, because the, the sabers are probably going to be what? In they're the equivalent to short swords. They're just the saber part of it's. Well, no, they're the equivalent to scimitars. The scimitars, aspect, yeah, yeah. The saber aspect of it's just flavorful. Okay, so twelve and a half gold. That's half per large crossbows, which are the equivalent to heavy, heavy crossbows. So twenty-five gold a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept the rest of that stuff. Um, and then back to my character sheet real quick and a throwing axes. I don't see a throwing axe on here. We're gonna call it the equivalent to a battle axe, but uh, it could be hand axes. Hand axes can be thrown. Okay, battle axes yeah, technically can. Yeah, yeah. So two and a half gold for that. Uh, I also, as I was going down further through my list, I do also have a hand crossbow, too. I do remember a hand crossbow, I just yeah. don't remember when. It was one of our last fights, because it's it's all the way at the very bottom of my list of stuff. So it was probably against when you guys fought the Black Rift guys and the weird elf lady. So 75, 5 by 2, so 37. Um, let's see what else do I got? Shields, just regular shields. Those are dime of those unusual. <laughs> shields are ten gold piece each, so five bunch of the shields. Five gold shield. Is there any other weapons or are we down to armor now? Maces. Mace is five gold, so two and a half a piece. And these, these dwarves are starting to like really look at you like, holy crap, what the heck? Are you guys like weaponsmiths of yourselves? What the? No, we've just... Collectors? Smacked around a couple black hands. I would say you did a lot more than a couple, my goodness. Um, well, this is this is what's left over after I've already offloaded and crewed my, my, my ship. I guess they'd be, they'd be saying it like, oh my gosh, what the bloody... <laughs> so the British. <laughs> I, I, I can't do a Scottish accent You're very fine. well. Okay. So that takes care of all of that in particular. Um, for like the basic stuff. Uh-huh. Um, the, the the Nagimi. You know, the, el- the Far Elves. How... Why, I remember knowing of them. How well are they, like, 
if I if I pull out those daggers, uh-huh. am I going to get accosted on spot, or is it going to be one of those like, how did you get those? It's going to be one of those, how did you get those? So I I so I pull these two out, uh-huh. and I ask the dwarfs. The second you pull it out and he notices it, he's like adjusting his goggles, going, "Whoa! How how did you?" Tell me you found these. No. How did you come across a far elf throwing dagger? Two of them, sir, as I pulled the other one out. What? As I, uh, the story, the story is, I fought one and pulled them out of my shoulder. Oh, you got attacked by one. Yes. And you're still alive. Yes, as we, uh, decimated her crew and she ran back into the woods with her uh, tail between her legs. you realize how lucky you are to have survived an attack from a far elf? I've heard that they're pretty challenging, and as the, uh, you know, scars show, as I kind of, you know, pulled back, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they, they, it, it hurt a little. You guys must have seriously had her in a position she couldn't fight against, because far elves are known to be some of the world's worst assassins all across the Great Sea. Well, I think I think we were lucky in the in the fact that her crew was extremely noisy, so clearly she had a bad crew to work with, and we were able to kind of get the drop on them. How much do you know about far elves? Uh, little bits and pieces. I, I tend to be more in the, you know, the arcane and you know, tinkering. Uh, you know, engineering-based knowledge. So, a race like that I don't know much about. Okay. Little information. Are you familiar with Drow? Yeah, I know I know they're the, they're the uh, you know, the gray-skinned elves who are down in the, you know, underground, underdark. in the Underdark. And, and you know how Drow don't like coming out during the daytime. Yes. Except that yeah. one guy. Consider far <laughs> elves to be like the daytime version of Drow. Okay. So they don't have an issue with being out in the daylight. Their weapons don't disintegrate if exposed to sunlight. Yeah, I found a stash of weapons that, uh, as I was examining them, they they crumbled in my hands. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, it happens with a lot of drow weapons, unfortunately. That's why I don't deal in drow weapons. All my my work is during the daytime. Exactly. I don't care about something I can only use at night. So... Between all the, you know, the standard stuff that I've offloaded uh-huh. with you, what are you willing to give me for these two daggers? I mean, I know that they are, one, they are um, special in the fact that they are from the, the Far Elves. Uh-huh. Two, they are magical. They have the ability to return. Yeah. Um, so that, that puts them up, up higher on the value. He, he kind of stops and he looks at you and goes, well... I got good news and I got bad news for you. Let's go with bad news first. I'm always the, you know, ever bad pe- news pessimistic. Good news, Jersey. I'm not going to buy those from you. Okay. Uh, but you're going to tell me who will. I can tell you of one person that might. Here's the downside with Far Elves and Far Elf weaponry. Far Elves are kind of an ancient sub-race of elves. Mm-hmm. 
who believed at, who were believed at one time to be extinct. Yes. Obviously, that's been proven to be wrong here in recent years. However, supposedly, uh, this story is different depending on who you ask, but the one I heard was their race was saved by King Wolfric of Black Rift. And so what few our Far Elves are left have devoted their loyalty to Black Rift. And they're the only ones who make those weapons. So if you're seen with a Far Elf weapon, it doesn't matter what the truth is, you are believed to have killed a Far Elf and therefore have a death wish on you. If a Far Elf or if anyone from Black Rift is ever ever sees somebody with a Far Elf weapon of any kind, so the That's shield, but the, the the Black Rift are, are the same guys we've been we've been fighting this entire time. Well, Correct. Yeah. So like my my shield that I have intentionally scratched up their emblem in like some way, like he would clearly know that like I don't give two flying flips. Right. That being said, Black yeah. Rift. Black Rift equipment is made from different materials than what Far Elf equipment is made from. The yeah. material itself is rare because it in of itself is more easily able to be enchanted. Yeah. And, and it's that's I just I just want you to be able to cut out this creaking crumbling I'm about to do. But uh, yeah. It's just, it's very difficult to try to sell those. In all honesty, hanging on to them might be your best bet, especially if they're enchanted to return, if any of, anybody on your crew is able to throw daggers. But honestly, if you want to try to sell them, the only person I could suggest is, um, well, I don't know what his name is, but I know one person who works for him. Yeah. It's, uh, his name's Oswald Fiddlebender. He's a... That's not how you're supposed to play that. <laughs> for the record. That's just bad form. For, for the record, Oswald Fiddlebender is an actual Dungeons and Dragons NPC character that I did not create. I'm just using him for this purpose. Man, oh, that that's a he, crap he, uh, he works aboard that uh, floating vessel way down there. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. The, the master he works for may might be interested in them. Okay, and uh, what's your take on wine? Depends on the wine. Ooh, wine. I reach into my bag and I pull out that uh, Wilton 300-year-old sealed bottle of wine. <sighs> wow. Wow. Ooh. Well, uh, dwarves don't really drink... Uh, don't really drink orcish wine, but um <laughs> take that off your hands. Or if you know uh someone that would be very well interested in it. I do, which is why I'll make you an offer because quite frankly I'd rather be the one to sell it to him than <laughs> somebody else. Money. Um I'll offer you two hundred gold for it. Shit. How about you give me uh Because I know it's going to sell for more than that. True. So you give me 50% of what you're going to make off of it from the other guy. Mm -hmm. There'd be no profit in it. 
Fifty. <laughs> okay, you make a fifty percent profit, dummy. Right, but he knows what he's going to be able to sell it for. Fifty percent of that profit leaves him with no margin for uh, making any money off. Yeah, but if he knows the person he's going to sell it to is going to buy it for that price. There's still not enough profit in it. That's, That's fine. Crap. I'll hang on to it for another person. Thirty percent. No, I want fifty, or it's no deal. And uh, like, I'm like, well, again, pleasure. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I wish you guys the best of luck. Who are you gonna try to sell it to? Who's gonna pay more than two hundred bucks for that bottle anyway? Who are you gonna try to sell that to, man? I'm not gonna reveal that. Well, I tried. Be my trade. Well, I tried. <laughs> Esther shrugs and walks out. She's no, just kind I, of I, I, my guess is if he's gonna give me two hundred gold for it, then he's he's basically giving me probably thirty percent, give Already, or take. Yeah. So there's there's someone out there that's gonna probably pay a good five hundred to six hundred dollars for that bottle. Right. Have you guys tried to price the bottle of wine? Uh-huh. No, that's okay. why I was using him as oh, my. Yeah, uh, he was he was my based off his reaction <laughs> and what he's offering me, and the fact that he wouldn't give me fifty percent for it tells me it's going for well more higher than what he's willing to pay me. So I know that there's other buyers out there that'll pay more. Yeah. So he, you gotta find. I just gotta find the right person, which is fun. Yeah. Who is he gonna? <laughs> can we figure out who he's gonna try to sell that bottle of wine to? Maybe. Oh. That, that comes down to some very serious, specific skill roles. Oh, Mer- Mercer's already on his way out the door. Well, I mean, Esther had walked. Well, out okay, so him, just yeah. to, just to clarify something here, when you guys do trades, you're not going in or out of any room. Like I said, you have all the different areas of shoals, which are areas of rock covered mm-hmm. in moss and other stuff, and then there's little bridges that connect them, which are just like light areas of sand. Oh, neat. Okay. So everybody is like 100 to 200 yards off from their ship, and they've got a little table or something set up there. Well, that's fine. I walk away from the stall. All right. All right, all right. So where are you headed to next? <laughs> I'm headed to the floating ship. Okay. Well, over to their stall. Right. The floating ship. I thought you said the floating <laughs> I, was, I was so confused. If it's like, brown, it could be could it be a, you know considered that. Now, as you guys get closer, this thing looks like a mix between an airship and a submarine, almost <gasps> like old-fashioned style with the round windows and the brass frames. Bruh. You see, the glass almost looks like bubbles. So there's that slight tint of a. Color changing, yeah, the type of thing, right? Yeah. The the ship itself, it, it doesn't just look like something that was built together. It looks like beyond majestic style. Like you can tell, you're way out of your league approaching this boat. But Mer- Mercer's drooling a little bit as he's walking. No. So as you guys are walking up to the ship, you notice one of the chains that's anchored down to the ground to hold the ship in place has a red ribbon on it. And tied to that ribbon, or not, I'm sorry, has a red ribbon and then they're setting a table, not even really a table, more like a bar stool, Mm -hmm. and it has a little bell on it. Oh. And from up above you hear... 
you see this white haired, like just the beard and long hair. Not long, long, but like not as long as mine is. Oh, hey, mate. Gnomes step over the edge and he goes, Yeah, what can I do for you? Oh, I was uh, talking to the, the dwarfs over there and uh, they told me that uh, I may have a couple items that you'd be interested in or, uh, but you know, if you're not Oswald, then Oswald uh, is who I need to talk to. I am Oswald, but I don't deal in the trades. That would be the lord of the ship. But I was told you because they're, uh, well, I'm not going to yell this right now, so I need you to come down here. How'd you get up All there? Right, give me a second. He walks away from the edge. He how disappears out of sight. Esther's like, how do you get up there? Get it. Magic. You, you hear this odd humming also? sound as you see from the far side of the ship coming around. No, there's a disc thing about the size of one of those round sleds. Mm -hmm. And he's just kind of sitting on it, Indian style, and you see this thing hover around the far side of the ship, the back of the ship, and come down to the ground where he's at. And he's still sitting on it as it levitates, and he's at about head level with you guys while he's sitting. He goes... Yes, I'm Oswald Fiddlebender. I do all of the interactions with various traders that want to tr trade and um, service sales of various sorts with the Lord of the Ship. You said he's sitting crisscross applesauce. Yeah. I uh, reach into my bag. What is it? A the line? Uh, far elf dagger? I have two of them. Yeah, we, we huh. that. It's pretty cool, huh? I can't remember. Um, huh? Huh? I know he's collected a few of them because they're kind of rare to find in this. In the, I'm kidding. Yes, I know they're very rare. I yeah. can't remember if he had any of the throwing daggers, though. You know what? You know, it's always Is that the only thing you have start. to trade, or is there other things you well, How uh, interested is you, you or your boss in an orcish wine? A very nice. Very fine vintage. Vintage. <laughs> well, he does fair. enjoy his drinks. I, I'm well, well aged. How old are we talking? Three hundred year old, oh. completely sealed. Yeah. Never been opened. Never, Never been opened. You can see the wax on it. See, see. No, I don't have it out of my bag yet. Well, you could if he had it out of his bag. So, just for <laughs> curiosity's sake, are you just trying to trade the bottle, or do you by chance have a vessel to go with it, like a drinking vessel? Oh no! Like a, it's a, just the just the sealed just bottle. bottle. Just the bottle. Okay. Yeah. That's she <laughs> does have a variety of taste for various drinks. Um, yeah, probably be interested in that. I'm, I am willing if the coin is correct. Okay. Was that all you had? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can tell you have a very big backpack. I just wanted to make sure you didn't have anything else you wanted to trade. No, most of what I carried with me was just basic odds and ends equipment. Nothing you'd be interested in. I sold it to the dwarves. Oh, way down there in the steel? Yeah. 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 They commonly like to... I mean, I, I have a few things that I, I have that I'm interested in. But, I mean, realistically, I would almost need to... I'm more interested in hanging on to them because of what they are. Uh -huh. um, I mean, Grant, coin speaks... Oh, yeah, money Volumes, talks. but, uh, you know, I do have these five clockwork shells. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I was going to plan on tinkering and and understanding what exactly they are. Clockwork shells. Yeah. And I pull them out. I pull the oh, I pull the case out. Deadly. Are you talking about those little marbles I told you you found on the? You said they were shells. You said they were five. You said they were that there was uh, a box, yay big, give or take, about yay tall, and it opened up and it had five shells, which my character would know that they are uh, of. Okay, so that was my fault for poorly describing it. Okay. Imagine, you've, you've seen people play that game Marbles. You have oh. the little marbles and you have the one big marble. Yeah. yeah. So the one big marble is the about shooter. How, yeah, mm-hmm. the shooter marble is about how big these are. Mm-hmm. They've got different little gears and like a little frame and stuff, but it's like a, it's like a, a hollowed out marble. Yeah. And you see a little liquid floating around on the inside of it. Yeah, yeah and then uh, they're... You immediately little... recognized it. Yeah, but then you... Because you, you said that the the pistol, that was because there was a... Like the missing pistol I went with, it was uh-huh. gone. I couldn't find it. Right. Uh, but, you know, so I'm like, you know, again, like I'm very interested in these as more of a personal, but again... Okay. I you know I show them to him as as I'm explaining this. I'm like I'm very interested in these, but again, bring those with you. And I, he goes, okay, give me just a second here. Step onto the, and that's when you all of a sudden realize the little disc he was sitting on. When you first saw it, it was just big enough for him to step on it. All of a sudden, no, you don't even see that. You oh, look just, down and you're like, wait, this is a it, lot. It's all. Bigger? Oh my God! I've shrunk, Esther. Esther curls down into the fetal position, but still like balanced on her tippy toes. Like, he's just like, just calm down, sit down. But I was over six feet tall. You are still six feet tall. So, oh, you're still. The disc got larger. Got it. Got it. Just sit. I'm good. As Mercer's already sitting down. Yeah, she sits (laughs) as well. Crisscross applesauce. And with that, the thing just levitates straight back up to the edge of the boat. You see him step off. Oh, come on. Come on. And the top of, once you guys are on the main deck, you see all sorts of weird stuff. The mast has this weird spiral brass piece on it that just floats and rotates. You see what kind of looks like a, what, it it is a gyroscope, but it's like an eight-ring gyroscope up at the front bow of the ship that's rotating in various directions. Can I make a general uh, history check on all this stuff? Absolutely. You also notice a very interesting uh, telescope at the back of the ship. Wow. Really, Dice? The one time I really, really need this. And no. Uh, yeah, I, I got a whopping eight. Oh, nope. Ugh. Can I make a couple checks for like the different items? Yeah, I'll give you one roll for each thing I've described so far. Okay, so the second one's going to be, be a nineteen. No. I, okay, because I could try to help. The next one's going to be a twenty-seven. Okay, so the uh, I only said off okay. three things. Everything else you see, it, it's in a variety of different types of metal, from brass to copper to bronze to steel and stuff you still see areas where there's woodwork most of what you're looking at just looks very ornate and decorative and how mm-hmm. it's designed you don't just see a door but you see a door with a very unique sort of spiral pattern frame and all that the three things i described to you 
The spiral piece of metal, uh, brass. I have no idea what that is. You have no idea what that is. The gyroscope thing, you know, is most gyroscopes are designed to measure navigation on a two-dimensional scale. So, like, north, south, east, west. Mm -hmm. This one seems to also navigate up and down and then has additional little parts to it that seem to navigate in a pattern you're not familiar with. Ooh. The telescope, you know telescopes are just used for being able to see farther out. Mm -hmm. This yeah. one looks like it should be able to see way farther past than anything you've ever seen before. So as we're, we're heading to wherever we're heading, I'm like, oh, you got a nice, you know, gyroscope for navigation, you know, yeah. on the different accesses. Yeah. I, I noticed that there's a couple things here. I'm not, I'm not I don't quite understand these, uh -huh. uh, but yeah, very, very lovely. And you, you know, clearly that telescope has been uh, tinkered out to the nth degree and uh, yeah. has good farsight on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I take it you've only ever sailed on the waters and not in the air. <gasps> True. What you can do what? Why do you think our ship is floating? Well, it's an airship. I thought it was just levitating. It's an airship. Oh my god, can we go for a ride? No. Oh, come on, buddy. One, that's not my choice, and two, he would say no. Oh man, can I talk to him? As a fact that I'm. As he walks up to a door and. As a fact that I'm an artificer, I am very intrigued. Well, you'll be more intrigued when you walk in there. Dude, dude, see your And that's when, you, that's when you hear. Oh, what is it? Get out of this uh, so we can go for a ride. Maybe. Come on, man. He goes, uh, sir, my, my lord, you, you have uh, four visitors here who wish to do some trading with you, and one of their I... items I'm barely certain you will be very interested in. Yeah, it's really cool, man. All right, go ahead and send them after. You probably want to calm it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah I know. And so, so he walks up to the door and... Opens the door up and you guys walk in. Now you saw the outside of the hold mm -hmm. where this room was at. Based off what you saw, room would be average size compared to like your guys's quarters in the second level of your ship. Mm -hmm. But the minute you walk in, it looks like it's four times that size. It's always larger than on the inside than on the outside. Yeah. You walk down some stairs, like six steps come into a room and it screams on every level, Explorer's Library. Ooh. Anything you can think of that would be in that room is in that room. Ooh. And this looks like somebody's office that would be living in a mansion. You see a guy in blue robes, bald head, brown goatee, just kind of sitting there looking at like six books that are floating, plus two more on his table. He's looking at a globe. He's got another micro-sized version of that same gyroscope you saw out on the main deck moving around, and he's actually kind of working with it, looking at the globe, the books. He goes, one second, just one second. There. That's where we have to head to next. Perfect. Marks it. All the books close and float back onto the bookshelf. The gyroscope straightens back up, and then the globe actually slides across the room to the other side. He turns around and he goes, oh, well... That was, go ahead and sit down in the chairs. You'll be okay. That was really cool. What were you doing? I go, I go sit. Yeah. Esther sits and actually asks my question. Uh, that was fine. I was plotting our course for our next trip once we get done here. 
Anyway, uh, so Oswald said you had some stuff to trade. Mm -hmm. So I got two things that I'm most interested in trading. Mm -hmm. The third is, again, like I told, coin speaks, but they are close to my heart. Mm -hmm. So the first one, or set, is a pair of Far Elf daggers. Hmm. In one second. And he, as he holds his hand up, you see a scroll float into his hand real quick. And he pulls it down and puts it up. Great sword, longbow, short sword, axe, mace. Nope, I don't have any of the daggers. Okay, yeah. Cool. The daggers usually run for about 75 gold a piece. So I'll give you 150 gold for them if you'd like. Or something equivalent. Mm, we'll talk on that. Okay. Um, well, you gotta be a little bit more specific on like in trade for. I mean, I have, you know, I myself am a artificer, so mm -hmm. I deal within the tinkerings and the and I specialize in artillery. So, you know, in that regard, uh, okay. we have a sorcerer or sorceress, being politically correct here. Um, we also you have. You are going to want to be extra careful while you are in. Dragon territory, young lady. Oh, oh, Esther touches her face. Oh, right. Just be careful what you say and who you say it to. We also have a barbarian, and we also a have a dog. So again, like we have party, you know, I have party members that could potentially use things and not have to, you know, just hoarding all the coin for everything. Mm -hmm. um, willing to share the needs. So depending on what you may have in trade. Uh, could easily pass off to one of the other members, assuming it is valuable enough. Secondly, the other thing I have is this vintage bottle. Oh, uh, Winton 300. Yes. <laughs> I've only come across four of those in my travels. Um, those bottles usually go for about 350 gold at top value, if it's still sealed and never been opened. And as you can clearly see, it has been completely untampered. Mm -hmm. And I'm absolutely willing to trade that off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Right, or right. trade or coin, depending on the need. Well, I haven't had a, a good bottle of Winton in a long time. So, yeah, I, you said it's never been opened? I, I, here, you can, you can inspect it yourself. Okay, yeah. Normally, these bottles come with some sort of a decorated goblet or something. Did oh. this one? Unfortunately, the... Wait. We found no goblet. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me check my sheet. Or wait. Did... <laughs> da -da -da! I did. Actually, wait, wait. I rummage, I rummage, I rummage. I'm like, oh, you mean this. That's <laughs> why so I carry my notes. Bruh, you had it the whole time. The I'm goblet was in you. Okay. I'm playing this out with you. Like, I swear, I know I said a goblet. I know I said a freaking goblet. What the... Why is he saying no? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking you were trying to sell that off later. I didn't know you forgot. No, totally, Mercer totally forgot, and I totally forgot. So we both forgot. Um, yeah, so you know, like, I'm like I'm elbow deep in my bag, rummaging around. Oh I'm my like, God. I gotta ask permission first. I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. Ah, that's what you're looking for. Okay, okay. So the goblet by itself usually goes, being a of 24 karat gold make and jewelry and everything it's not the most top of its class but every time they made a Winton 300 
that always made some sort of unique drinking vessel that went with it. The way you could tell, and he points at the label or the little icon on it, mm -hmm. is by this icon. And then he flips the bottom of the glass up and you can see the same stamp on it. He goes, so you have a set here. So does that increase the overall value? Well, these usually go for 350. The goblets usually go for another 100, which would make it 450. But as a set together, it slightly increases the value up to 500. Even better. So between these and your daggers, we're at 650 gold, I believe. Yes. Right. And the last thing that I have that, again, like I said, I will be very hard to part with, mm -hmm. but uh, again, and I reach in and I pull out that case and I open up the case and I show the five shells. Oh. Oswald was right. You did have something very interesting. Oh, yeah. I am very intrigued in these as I would like to have a better understanding. And actually, I would like to find its counterpart, its firearm that is missing. Um, he turns a small box around, props it open, and you see a uh, steampunk-style hand pistol. Holds it up and goes to that. You got my interest. <laughs> Where did you get that? Uh, well, let's just say somebody thought they could uh, kill me for the spoils of my travels and ended you up... said no. It ended up seeing just how powerful my ship actually is. Nice. This was among some of the debris, and it's a very interesting piece. Um, huh. Here's interesting the, enough. Here's here's the downside, the part that you're not going to want to hear. These are very unique and very powerful, and you, in the same capacity, have to be equally powerful in order to wield such an item. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say you guys haven't been traveling very long. No. That's why this this stayed in. Actually, I'm pretty sure the uh, ship you blew to pieces mm -hmm. is the same ship that I found that bottle of uh, wine and this case off of. <laughs> Interesting. Somewhere over by the Blazing Isles? Yeah. Yep. I spent about a day rummaging through the, sal or the wreckage, and uh, that was tucked up under... And in a like hidden cove, oh, and that would explain why they couldn't find it. Okay. <clears throat> so I got the other half. You do. <clears throat> All right. So if we were to say the shells to go with the gun, the wine set, and the daggers, if I could trade you a single item that would be worth almost three times the value of all of this put together. Would you go along with that, or would you prefer coin? Well, so first and foremost, um, I actually would be maybe... First and foremost, what would be the cost of taking the gun off your hands? I'm not going to sell this. Because <laughs> like you, I have a very keen interest in it and seeing how it works. And I know for a fact that I'm probably closer to being able to wield this than you are going to be anytime soon. True. That, and I believe this might be a very useful tool to our next destination. Almost a, a key, if you will. Mm. 
I'm hard pressed to give these up though. If I allowed you to keep one of them for your own experiments, would you be uh, open to giving me the other four? Two. One case of accident, one is a safety measure. Yeah, that was kind of open why I would get four, because I know I need at least three of them. Well, like you said, you seem uh, a little bit more well-suited to use these and less likely of them going boom in your face than myself. Uh-huh. True. So, But as I'm sure you're well aware, depending on how strong you are determines how well you can handle a situation. And just like you guys, I have my limitations too. Correct. I was trying to be playing closer to the safe side. Um, What's it going to be on size? I might have a backup plan. So yeah, I'll go with two and then you let me have the other three. For the three times, and what item are you looking to trade for? I have a particular staff, and based on what little bit I can already tell off of you guys, you've had some pretty nasty fights where you've come dangerously close to dying, haven't you? Well, a few. Yeah. So I if I sense. were to be able to give you guys a uh, rather powerful item that could heal you quite a bit, as on as on an as-needed basis. That would definitely have some uh, definitely yeah benefits to it. Look us up, my dude. So he just kind of puts his hand up, and you see a staff fly across the room into his hand. Oh. Because it's a staff of healing. You have to take the time and trouble to actually, you know, become familiar with it. You need to attune to it. Exactly. I don't try. To, I don't like using the word attune in the games because. It sounds too much like a, like just play the game, no flavor to it exactly. at all, you know? Well, it, it's, <laughs> I know. Just like how you said with the crystal, you know, take some time, study it, familiarize yourself. Correct. With it. But I'm, be, I'm dealing with someone who's on a very higher level intellect of myself. And so to sit there and be like, when he's kind of like, you know, trying to beat around the bush. Well, he's, like, he's trying to keep it, without knowing exactly how strong you are, he's trying to keep it in terms that he knows you're going to Correct, understand. correct. So that's, that's why like, I'm, you may or may that's not why I'm like, a, you know, I just kind of like, just like a, toss it out there. Like, like see, hey. I'm not as stupid as you think <laughs> yeah, I am, exactly. sir. I, I know what I got. Thanks for I'm assuming. The added benefit is if, uh, your lady friend here, the one who hasn't spoken since we've gotten to this point, were to be the it's one back. to attune. No, Celine. Celine. Uh, Celine. Were to be the one say. to attune to it. It might have a few extra benefits to it as well. <coughs> I do also have maybe one other thing that you may be interested in. Okay. Have you heard of a natural arcane crystal rod? have really have an interest in those things they have a temporary lifespan true but i didn't know if you'd be interested i mean this one has about 10 days left and it's got way less days than that on it oh, when you yeah. found it it had 11 days it took you a day to get back to your ship and another five days to oh yeah that's right that's right it's been a while so you have like six five days left on it oh yeah never mind i want to i want to offer that then yeah 
thinking of that. I was thinking for some reason in my head I thought it was it was Yeah. Never mind. So, okay. Um Does anyone does anyone disagree with the trade? No. Go for it, my guy. Celine agrees as well. She's no, no. You've been doing perfectly on your own at this moment, and I didn't feel the need to step in and talk at all. So it's all you. Okay. And you see another staff float into his hand. This one's very unique. It's got one big ring in the middle of it. Two smaller rings on either side of that, and then the staff itself come, kind of juts out. Mm -hmm. He holds this one, swivel, swivels it in the air, and you see a box kind of appear. Same size as, like, your cigar box thing here. Mm -hmm. He opens it up, sets the staff of healing down, and starts putting this stuff into there. And it's it's basically the equivalent to, like, a bag of holding. He's just... Cool! That's really neat. Closes it up, puts it back up in the air, and it disappears again. Hey, what? <clears throat> he goes, all right, so here's that. Now, here's what you need to know. I'm sure you're familiar with healing potions, correct? Well, yes. Yeah. Okay. That staff, at any given time, has ten charges on it. Oh. Two charges from the staff is the equivalent to your basic healing potion. Four charges would be the next level healing potion. Six charges would be the the bigger healing potion. And of course, your supreme healing potion would be eight charges out of it. Dang. Simultaneously, you can also use four charges on that sh on that staff to be able to cast. Uh... Crap! I forgot this name of the spell now. Oh no! It, it's the one where you can uh, heal somebody from a ranged spell. Like cure, uh, curing word or healing word or healing word. word bonus action. Is that what that is? Well, yeah, healing word's a bonus action, and it's only a D four. <sighs> trying to remember if that's the correct one. Then like, uh, I have to look that up now. your spellcasting ability modifier. So you have 1d4. Um, yeah. So it starts at 1d4 as a first level spell. And Correct. then for each additional charge you choose to use is as if you add an additional level yeah. to that. But four charges for that. I mean, the, 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 having it's great, but it probably won't be used all that often. But it, I mean, it works for in the case of an emergency. Correct, moment. correct. You're halfway across the room. Crap, they need heal. Correct, correct. Now, the last ability it has, and I highly recommend not using it in case of an emergency, is if you use all the charges on it, you're able to cast the spell heal. Here's the downside. If you use up all the charges... There's a 50-50 chance that the staff explodes. Okay. It won't hurt you, but it will cease to exist. Okay. All right. At and the start of each dawn in the morning, it regains some of the charges. Sometimes all of them, sometimes half of them, sometimes none at all. Or at least one, I think. Yeah. At least one. Okay. So out-of-game specs, 
At the beginning of each day, you roll a D8, D8. and it gains one D8 plus one charge. Okay. So if you roll, if you use up all the charges, you have to roll a percentile die. And if you get a 50 or below, staff explodes. So in itself, don't use all 10 charges. Hey, guess what? We started selling merchandise. Check out the link in the description below and see what we've got. It's, uh, that was a pleasure doing business with you. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy your wine. and uh... Well, don't like enjoy it, but like... <laughs> no, I mean, as soon as we get done here, our ship's going to be setting off again, so... But it was a pleasure. Huh? I assume you guys want to get back down to the shoals for other trades and such that yeah, you'd like man. to do? Yes. Okay. Well... Safe travels, and as soon as you guys blink your eyes, you all of a sudden find yourselves back at the base of the chain on the shoals and see the ship up in the air again like it's a quick and you're there. What? That's fine. I don't like that, man. That's this. That's, that's going to be a 23 on Arcana. He used teleportation on us. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Mercer just kind of like, hmm, yeah, I can do that later on. And then walks off. Okay, so out of game. Do you know who you just did work with, did trade with? Marking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mordekainen is like one of your gonna go to bed biggest here in like six name spellcasters in D&D. That like, guy? He's had oh. spells named after him. As soon as you said yeah. bald and brown goatee, I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> I in Magic the Gathering, he's also a planeswalker. Right. So, a little more out-of-game info for you. The giant gyroscope thing measured navigation amongst the planes. I kind of figured that. And the telescope allowed him to see various planes, depending on where he pointed it. And That's him. way too cool. <laughs> That's, like, really cool. Come on, man. I had been working on that for four days, planning that whole thing Oh, you're special. <laughs> so, now at this point, I'm like, hey, we need to go back to the ship. Yeah, let's go, man. We got another task to take care of, but yeah. we'll be doing that tomorrow morning. Oh. Okay. So, and I'm not, not, we're not going to talk about it right now. Well, yeah. Um, so, for you, what we're doing is we're going to go back, we're going to discuss the map, we're going to leave first thing in the morning to go treasure hunting. Okay. Um, on your way back to your ship, Yes. <coughs> you see, as you guys make your way back to your ship, you keep hearing this guy kind of yelling out, Any adventurers? Anyone? Anybody willing? I could use all the help I'm willing to pay. Is anybody interested? Hey, man, let's go check it out. I'm your Huckleberry. We got things to take care of. No, first. come on, man. No, we got things to take care of. If you're able to climb, you're able to do this. It's at the giant spur. Please, you'll be helping me so much. Come on, dude. Let's do the thing. <sighs> okay, let's circle back around. Yeah. But not, not looking too desperate. Right, yeah. You're sounding too desperate. Right. Oh, yeah, cool it. 
Um, hey, man, what's up? What you got? Oh. You, you good? Are you guys adventurers? Do you explore a lot? I mean, Do yes. you travel? Yeah, we've yes. been around. Have you ever been to the island of the giant spur? We are. We actually are planning to head that way tomorrow morning. Yeah. So I take it you've heard about the ascensions, then, haven't you? Uh, no. Sure. No. We no. No. Have you, okay. So have you noticed how some of these ships have a black oar tied to their mast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's that about? Those are man? followers of the oarsman. He is one of the great gods of the sea. Okay. Like, Guessing you guys have no idea who that is. Do you? Not a clue, Mercer's giving this this look of like I don't really care. You're giving me a religious speech. Okay, word so, ha- like, okay. so <laughs> you're already starting to lose right, it. So so <laughs> no word has it that every every cycle of the moon, followers of the oarsmen uh, gather at a temple up on the spur called Tide Watch. Okay, and they do this this sort of some sort of ritual thing where they ritual? they they basically they give uh, sacrifices of oh. coin and stuff to Ooh. the oarsmen. You had word, me and you lost me. Word has it that a lot of them have started to ascend into the skies up to the astral plane. Uh oh, that's cool. Four days ago, a bunch of pilgrims headed up there. Word has it half of them ascended in a foggy cloud. Up into the sky and disappeared. That's not normal. Well, hmm. interestingly enough, despite the fact that there's been a dragon spotted flying around the spur, some small little red dragon flying around. What? Oh, hey. Huh? Hmm. Now, that being Maybe said. Maybe a brood, but. Brute child, but not between those two events, that's the only reason. Those are the only reasons why I myself personally am not climbing up there. I don't have any interest in the oarsman. Yes, he's a well-known god. I just not my following. Right. I'm not very keen with dragons. However, that spur has seen has had its fair share of griffins up there. I'm looking for griffin eggs. Oh. I have a farm on a different island where we raise griffins and then we sell them to various legions for training and such if you guys are able to climb that spur or are willing to okay if, out of game is that like above board the whole griffin breeding thing is that like a thing in the game like is that like a thing in this world like is a cool thing like going to a breeder to buy a puppy instead of a puppy mill like this, this isn't like a puppy mill no thing, right? no okay. no, no. Cool. No. Um, Warcraft 2 had characters that you brought into the game called Griffin Riders. Mm-hmm. Think of it like a Thor flying on a griffin, having a hammer of lightning mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's okay. where I'm kind of okay. pulling this flavor from. But I'm looking for griffin eggs. If you can bring me any of those griffin eggs that you can find, if you find any, I will pay you 150 gold per egg. feel up to it uh yeah i think so i mean no promises right um but by the way my young small friend can you explain to me why you're blue i've never seen your oh. sub race of gnome before <laughs> okay that, that's a i kick him in the shin and walk off oh bro no okay don't he's okay he's still a little sore about the whole thing man <laughs> no i seriously i kick him in the shin and i walk <laughs> off ow what was that for i oh. just 
I've never seen a blue gnome oh, before. Don't, don't poke the bear, man. Don't poke the bear. What am I missing? Do, do you guys still? Do Celine you? walks off as well to now take care of Mercer because. That was an accident. You should really sensitive about that. Okay, my apologies. I didn't know. I thought he was yeah. some sort of sub. You can't just go around asking people why they're blue. When you've never seen a sub race of an individual before, you become curious. You can't just ask people. That's like that's not cool, man. They, people don't like that. Okay, well I'm He's sorry. Sensitive. I can't. Anyway, do we still have a deal about the eggs? Yeah, man, totally. Okay. I didn't have right. the berry. <laughs> I totally forgot I was blue. <laughs> as soon as gonna... you said it, I'm like, oh, this man's gonna die. <laughs> so I was... That's why I got kicked in the shit. <laughs> this man's going to die. I wasn't gonna go this far, but I did have a thought where you guys encountered some semi sort of ruffians, and they see Celine. And Mercer, a full-size... Is Selene an elf or a human? Human. Okay, so a full-size human woman and a small little blue elf, and they were going to look at the two of you and be like, okay, who paid who for what? <laughs> that guy would have died. He would, he would have died in a horrible, horrible way. <laughs> Which reminds me, Mercer then, like, as he's huffing, gruffing away, and Selene goes chasing after him to, you know, take care of his bruised ego... He then realizes, oh crap, I totally forgot, and then heads back to the merchant district. You were so flustered, the poor man. So, um, like, he goes and finds, like, one of the, the general trading posts, um, and he's looking for some, um, alchemist fire. Alchemist Fire? Mm-hmm. Isn't that in the player's handbook? It is on page 150, so it should be easily available. Ken. How much is it? 50 gold apiece. You're able to find it at that cost. Um, in fact, I'll go as far as to say... You find somebody who has six on hand. Six on hand. Okay, I need to, I need to look it up real quick. How'd you forget that you were blue? I totally forgot. To <laughs> wow. Oh. Oh, man. It happens. That's okay, there we go. Uh, No, I, I take it back. Acid. I want acid. Straight acid? Yep, same thing on page 150. 25 gold of shit, uh, bottle. So there should be all in the world I need. Once again, you find somebody who has six of them. Um, so. So if it's six, it'd be 150 gold. So 25 gold a piece. Yep. So, yeah, so buys them. Does Esther or Zabak have anything they're looking for? Not really. They're just kind of along for the ride. Okay. <sighs> um. And then uh, Mercer uh, then heads off to the back to the ship. So you guys head back to the ship. 
Um, when you get back to your rowboat, there's a gentleman sitting on his own little stool right by your boat. And he's just kind of sitting there waiting. He goes, oh, there you guys are. Hi. And you are? My name is Cedric. I work for the Adventurers Guild. I came by way of Cedrail. Yeah, we know that guy. Cool. So what's that? a small parchment. Because this was sent, was asked to be sent to you guys. Cool. Um, I'm to return a letter as well. It's a basic letter from Cedrail asking how the adventure's going, what's what's happened up to this point. We're going good, man. Um, where oh, you're at. So, Mercer writes back on it. Basically, we good. going well. Just made it to this, the, whatever the aisle is called again. Yeah, not the uh, Trader Shoals. Trader Shoals. Please send cure for blue curse. Thanks, Mercer. Uh, Seriously, blue. send cure for blue curse. Period. There you go. He turned blue, man. Happened. He turned blue. Last person to ask me got kicked in the shin. Don't ask, man. Yeah, but I'm part of your guild. I mean, I'm just... You don't want to talk about it. I need to know the severity of it in order to help Cedro oh. figure out a cure for it. Right, right, so, right. therefore, I need to know what happened. Yeah. You so, a removed curse will take care of it. So, that's all he, I need. He's Good an day. Pfizer, man. And I go yeah. crawl in the boat. Look, man, I pulled it to the side. Look, okay. look, man, he's like really sensitive about this. Okay, it's like he's already—he's already, he's he's already freaking dumb, man. He got short man jokes out the wazoo. Everybody joking, ha ha ha. Your wing wing must be a little big, huh? You know, he's tired of all that. What? Adding blue onto that is like what? insults, injury, rubbing salt in the wound, man. He—he he, kind of leans into you and goes. Has anybody called him a water gnome yet? Oh no! Oh no! We haven't had that one yet, but that's. How about an ice gnome? Oh no! Then there's the frigid jokes that go along with that, and that's just not cool, man. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll see you later, and poof, and he disappears right there in front of you guys. Dude, what? Mercer's like sitting in the very back of the boat, like just like. Hey man! Hey Mercer! Blue. Mercer, man, I'm like, bro, you're so great to me. I'm colorblind. Okay, so quick little side note. I don't remember what the guy's name is, but there's actually a guy who had some sort of weird liquid thing, and it was blue. Oh, yeah, it's silver real, nitrate. Yeah, silver yep. nitrate. And he was drinking this stuff nonstop to the point where he literally turned himself yeah. blue. He's a real guy. You can find yeah. him online. And then the it was an older, lady. gray-haired gentleman, and he was blue-skinned because yeah, he, he had, drank so much silver so, nitrate. Exactly. He like it was. He wasn't like poisoned, but it was like in his skin, and then it doesn't go away. And his, mm-hmm. the uh, sclera of his eyes was blue too. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ever want to get an idea of what Mercer actually looks like, minus the oh gray hair. God. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No. That no. Poor no. Man. Mercer. I'm Mercer. Sure he's dead now. <laughs> Mercer has the envision that he looks like a Smurf. <laughs> so yeah, no Mercer. Mercer's in a like super foul mood about the blue. 
I love how everything you're touching now just happens to be blue. I know. Alright, so yeah, like I said, Mercer's in the back of the boat, like just grumbling to himself. So kind of kicking you, the boat. As you guys are roll, rowing back to the boat, you see another boat, another rowboat tied off to your guys' ship that's not yours. And as you guys are approaching, you see Hal shaking hands with an elf. And the elf is climbing back down the side ladder to his rowboat where three other elves are at, waiting. And just as you guys get uh, caught like High up, elves? Wood elves? Um, uh, these would the, be uh, the, um, aquatic elves. Speaking of blue people. So blue elves. That, that, guy, that guy's name was Paul Carrison. And he died in 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he was taking it, he was taking it for a skin condition. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, at this point, like, okay. And then, still grumbling in the back of the boat. Right. And as soon as he gets back to the boat, mm-hmm. Argeria. Straight up to the crow's nest. <laughs> Al just kind of sees him walk up. How was the. It was How not. Was... It was not good, man. You guys didn't make any trades or I mean, anything. We did. We did, but like people kept asking why he's blue, and it's it was just like super triggering for him. So he's gonna need some time to like de-stress or whatever. How looks up, looks back, and he goes, "Well, I kind of figured he was ticked about it, but now I'm curious. What happened?" Well, you see, the thing is, and Esther explains what happened. The whole wild magic surge and how he's blue and actually I'm eight inches taller, so I got the good. Well, I knew deal. I knew you looked a little different yeah, too, man. but well, my clothes one. don't fit quite right. Go ahead. Go for it. Like my clothes don't fit right, but man, I look look at these guns, man, and she like flexes to show off her perfect physique, which is even more perfect because now her, her fat is just on the little fat there was on her body is more even is more distributed. So now she looks even leaner and more <laughs> cut. She's not any stronger than she was before. She's not, but she just looks good. <laughs> She's not like female bodybuilder, but like professional ballet dancer type lean. Well, not quite that skinny. Um, but yeah, that reminds like me. Um, so I looked into this a little bit more. So if your character does grow anymore, uh-oh. Then your size category does just change from medium to large. Yeah. The thing that you had mentioned about like the axe and everything, there are different sizes of weapons made for different size characters. Yeah. But they still do the same kind of damage because the weapon is designed for that size of character. Yeah. It's yeah, when yeah. somebody of a different size can wield that yeah, weapon. Yeah, when you're sizing up. Yeah. That the weapon does a different kind of damage. Yeah, I know. Okay. We we encountered this in another game. I was, so just explaining point, it. I was just explaining it. Yeah, we cashed okay. that out before. And he goes, well, we did a few trades here on the ship. What trades did you guys get? Well, you see, we did all this. And Esther you know, tells him about the really great trade. We really got a lot of money. And Celine's and like, she holds up a, a staff. She's like, I need to go attuned to this. Yeah, she needs to like meditate or whatever. Okay, well. Um, but we now have at least some... some more stable healing capabilities. Okay, well, we were able to trade about half of the tuna that we found. All right. Um, we got some really nice fruits and vegetables. Um, some Yay, of the no vegetable, scurvy! Some of the vegetables were actually uh, 
in some weird sort of way preserved, so they're gonna oh, last yeah. us uh, quite a while. Cool. I, I don't know how they're preserved. That reminds me. Yeah. Um, I also got this. I feel like this is gonna probably be more useful to you guys than it will to me. Oh, what is it? Um, he pulls out a small little bag. Oh. All right. Mm-hmm. And you hear exactly that sound. Ooh, it's like a dice. He goes. I'm told that they're good berries. <gasps> but they, but unlike unlike the 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 magical good berry spell where they last for like 24 hours yeah somehow these got preserved to where they're hard and crunchy but still sweet cat crunch they're supposed to last 100 years and there's 25 of them in here so however you guys want to Esther looks over at Mercer like, bruh. Mercer's up in the crow's oh, that's right. Already. She looks over at Celine like, bruh. You guys Celine pulls her hands out and takes them. Yeah, I don't want to be responsible for that. Celine's like, trustworthy and stuff. Not sure where they found them at, but it seemed like they were on the up and up. I didn't get any Hell sense yeah. of them lying or anything. And believe me, I, I checked. I know, you're a good judge of character, my dude. So, yeah, I mean, past that, we got some really nice fruit. One of them is actually incredibly tasty. What is it? What is it? It's some weird citrusy fruit, but what? they called it a, a dragon something or other. A dragon fruit? Yeah. Yeah, that's my jam. Esther <laughs> charges down into the hold to find the dragon fruits. The cook molly wops her with the, with the ladle. Oh! You can't I- have this yet! But, come on, man. <laughs> I thought you were cool. They're rationed. Which it will oh, be man. ready when it's ready. Just give me my ration now. Smacks I'll... you with the ladle and ah. you out of the kitchen. Ah. <laughs> Mommy, no. Hal's sitting there going, and we also got some extra rations of rum for the group. Okay. Well, Zabak and Esther don't drink, so, you know. Still, it's common to have rum rations on the ship. You can pour a little into the water to kill off any bacteria living in there. Yeah. <laughs> People drank a lot more, you know, before sanitation. Than in the do. real world, sure, but in the D&D world, you know, clean water no is... No Montezuma's Revenge? As easy as the spell create water. Sure. Oh, well, that's a good thing, I guess, isn't oh. it? All right, so unless you guys are planning to do anything else... Not till tomorrow morning. You guys roll into the night, into the next day. Obviously, the arcane crystals lose another day on them. And, uh, yeah, it's following morning. Now what? So, Mercer comes down for breakfast, still grumbling. Okay. Hey, man. And uh, sits down and just kind of like... Hey, man. What? Stabbing his food. Why, just... why the long face? Why so... Grumpy. <laughs> he slowly turns. No, Esther's like genuine. She's like halfway. She's genuine. Bam! Like, oh, what and then gets you? up and walks away. Oh man, the back's like, oh my god, please don't speak before you're fully awake ever again. Oh, the man's gonna break your shin bone, child. And then, and then, when you know what Mercer does, hmm. he goes out. He gets off the ship. Takes Celine with him. He goes out over to the, you know, to the merchant's area again mm-hmm. and buys another pair of boots. Oh, no. Poor bastard. And then 
Can Esther like a couple a couple hours later? He uh he has whittled away a nice solid wooden insert carved out for to- you know where his toes can fit in into the shoe for the toes. Okay. Oh my god! If, if, if you're going for a makeshift sort of semi kicking weapon, this is where. Oh no no no! This this is just is just for his own entertainment. To when he kicks someone in the shin, instead of it just being you know the hard leather, mm-hmm. it's it's like Teak a wooden boots. steel toe. Bam! Iron wood boots. So just to, so it hurts a little more than normal. My dude. I'm gonna say it now. No, you are not doing damage with them. You're just kick. Ah, son of a. Yeah, but now it's now it's ah. That really hurt. He can do one damage on a successful hit. No. One. No. Come on, man. He'd have to roll a natural twenty on an unarmed strike to do a point of damage. No, I wouldn't. Unarmed strike is if it's if you're not proficient. I'm saying well, specifically with using the boots, because you kick people yeah. in the shins a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Roll so unless that. you're telling yeah, me you're yeah. doing an unarmed strike, which I'm not going to give you a bonus for the boots. For. Ooh, ooh. No. On a twenty, he can do one damage. On a one, he breaks his toes. <laughs> Against the no, it's just, it's just, it's it's more for flavor now. Like he, he's he's intentionally. Put a harder substance in the front of his shoe, so when he kicks someone, he bruises them. Dude, come on. He's, yeah. he's, he's now angry enough that he's now willing to result to leaving bruises oh on people's shins. Oh my god, that's Ugh. like, okay, come on, that's an alignment <laughs> shift. Oh, Mercer's already that's going down really... a deep, dark path. Oh my god. He, he's already wounded. He's, he's already out well on his way. See, here's the thing. He, What were you at the beginning of the game? Chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral, right? So he was already really close to going chaotic evil, but every time he gets that close to becoming chaotic evil, he turns around and does something really, really nice, and it's like, well, you just counterbalanced it. Then he does something really bad again, he's right on the edge. Then he does something nice again, and he comes right oh, back. <laughs> you just can't help yourself, can you? Nope. Oh my god. <laughs> this... <sighs> okay, so half the day's already gone by. That's fine. What are you guys doing now? At this point, Mercer's like, well, I'm ready. Let's go mountain climbing. All right, man. Okay, so what exactly is it you guys are... We're following our treasure map. Okay, so you're going for that that uh, yeah. that mm-hmm. single spot where the... Um... That's okay. what we want. Uh, investigation to search. Wouldn't I get an advantage since I have the map? Yeah. I mean, the map is a very rough, I, I did tell you this, it's a very rough out map because there wasn't a whole lot left of it. 19 oh, plus. That's not great. This is what That'd be a 26. Sense? 19 plus 7. 26. 19? Okay, did yeah. you say investigation? Oh, jeez. Yes. Okay, thank you. 14 for Zabak. And. Twelve for Esther. Yep. So on the more northern half of of um, no, I'm sorry, not the northern half, the southern half of where the Trader Shoals are at, you find the pillar that was described um, on the map. Ooh. And as you get to the pillar, <coughs> it doesn't require require a climb check because it's got like makeshift stones that just happen to be in the right spot to have like steps. 
you climb up there and you notice a portion of it is cracked so you don't really have a full platform to stand on and on the platform you uh give me a second here let me find it i can just read it to you and describe it Faster! I need to go now! Oh man, I'm gonna have to remember it. Spell list. Okay, so unfortunately the site doesn't quite match the notes on the map. Oh? Uh, you were instructed by the notes to find an ancient glyph carved into a stone oh, on no. the shoal. That glyph should point in the direction of the treasure. The glyph itself is described as being 10 feet long and carved into a great stone on the edge of the shoal. While the glyph is in fact there, the rock was carved into the broken... The rock it was carved into was broken in half a long time ago. So where the cracked off broken part is, is obviously aged over from Mm -hmm. time and weather. Only part of the glyph can still be made out, make it, making it impossible to know which way it points. In order for, in order to find the treasure, the other half of the glyph must be found. So, you're not sure how to find it, but given order of operation priority, it becomes evident that maybe this needs to be not necessarily at the top of the priority list, but two or three notches down a little bit. Okay. Mercer decides to go for it. All right. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Right? <laughs> Monkey wrench. Um, no, he's like, uh, well, I guess if we find it as we're scurrying around up here. And Mercer's feeling the back of his head. Magnus just kind of going, dang, son of a yeah, right? Yeah. Inward, they're having a, a mild conversation of, yeah, I hear you. This is supposed to be a quick, quick grab and go. Anyways, I guess we got Griffin eggs to go find up yeah. to this temple or whatever. Well, wish us luck. And then he kind of comes back to his own mm-hmm. presence. He's like, well, I guess we should go find these stupid Griffin eggs. Alright, so at that point, you guys are going to want to set sail again and head inward towards the island, which doesn't even take that long. It takes maybe like four hours to get from the shoals to the island itself. And the farther inland you guys go, Mm -hmm. the more you start to see ships that specifically have the black ore tied to the mast. You see some people like paying homage to the oarsmen by by saying a prayer at that oar, or they might touch the oar before they get onto their longboats to set sail. Oh. You're about 150, 200 yards away from the island before Hal goes, okay, it's as far inland I can bring you. We'll have to set anchor here, and you guys will need to take a longboat in. That's fine. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at The LARP Channel. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.